Dear Heavenly Father, please speak through my mouth as we continue to talk about Christ as culture. Please do not allow my personal feelings, thoughts, and opinions get in the way of your word shining through. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome to Cross Discourse, where music, culture, and life are discussed across the media spectrum weekly to help you live a godly life. Cross Discourse, Christ is Culture. Okay, so today we're going to talk about social organizations and social organizations is something that I taught my students when I was a teacher in the public school system and there were a variety of ways we came across a definition uh, but the reality was they always were supposed to come up with a definition on their own and usually it came close to a definition similar to this one and that is that relationships and interactions between people in groups is social organization. And today I'd like to talk about that first as we explore Christ as a culture. So now that we're talking about Christ as a culture, I'd like to start with one word. And that word is fellowship. That is what the early believers practiced. I talked about Acts 2:42 through 47 in my last podcast, and that is the example that I'm pulling from today. The Bible tells us that when the good news was proclaimed, those who accepted were baptized and began devoted themselves to the teachings of the apostles. Specifically, verse 44 tells us that all of the believers were together and had everything in common. Why is it not like that in the body today? What is it that separates us? I know for me, I chose my particular church for very selfish reasons. There was a lot of infighting at the previous church. I believe they tried to push out the pastor who had just came aboard because the previous pastor had decided to resign and he didn't look like them. And I was looking for a more diverse church. And it turns out that the church I wound up choosing wasn't very diverse at all, but I felt comfortable there because I enjoyed the preaching. When I originally grew up as a PK, my churches or church sessions or my Sundays were really filled with really long services. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if we got there eight or nine o'clock and didn't get back home until about three o'clock in the afternoon. 
and that was probably an early evening. Um, you know, the church sermon was long, the, the worship was long, the everything lasted forever. And I love fellowship. I truly do. But my thinking was when the music went on for such a long time, what was it for? Was it a concert that was glorifying the people's voices who were singing? Because there were a lot of riffs. There was a lot of fluctuation in the voices, if you if you can understand what I'm saying. But not only that, the preaching was long winded and dare I say, maybe a little pretentious. So, and that was just me. And I just did not feel comfortable. And then, yeah, there were people that would say, oh, well, you can go to the early service and get through. Not when your father's a preacher. And so it affected me as I got older and it made me want to kind of be further and further away from that. And so I chose for myself and my family to really go somewhere where the church services were shorter, but we still had that opportunity to fellowship. And I love small groups. I love to be with the people and we're communing together. We're eating, we're talking, we're laughing. We're just spending a lot of time together. That's my thing. But it's not everybody's thing. And so we got to come back to the verses in Acts 2.42. It said that everybody had something in common. And that's what I think is lacking right now. There's so much division between different, uh, 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 what do you call, denominations and people within denominations. I mean, there are even problems in the church that I have, and I won't, you know, go into it too much. But, you know, the church where I attend, I, I mentioned before, it's not very diverse. Everyone looks pretty similar. You know, and even sometimes when I hear the preaching, it can be watered down or not strong enough, you know. And sometimes I feel when I'm in there that the preaching could be only what the parishioners, the people in the pews want to hear. Sometimes it's not enough to get them thinking. It's enough to make them maybe shift momentarily in their seats. But then they're back to the life that they're living and not really thinking about everything else. So the question is, what do we all have in common? And I meditated on that and I said, what do we have all in common? And it came down to the good news. And for those of us that you know, might be a little confused as to what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the gospel. The gospel is the good news. And that tells us that, number one, we are all sinners. We all fall short. We all have made mistakes. Nobody is perfect. And once you understand that, 
you understand you cannot make yourself perfect. You need someone or something to come along and help you get to that point. So alone, we can do nothing to rectify those issues that we have within us. We deserve punishment. We deserve death. And the good news tells us that there is a way out. And that way is through Jesus. The same Jesus who was perfect and who died for our sins. And that's really what we have in common. If we believe that, we understand that we are one. So why is church segregated on Sunday? Why are there black churches? Why are there white churches? And I don't necessarily want to put my thought process in there. So I'll ask you a question that I want you to meditate on. How many churches have a pastor in which the people don't look like him? What does your church look like? Is your pastor like you? And I'm talking physical features. I'm talking these man-made constructs that we all talk about. You know what I'm talking about. Does he look like you? Because if he does, there could be something. And I'm not saying it is, but there could be something within you that purposely made you choose that particular church based on looks. I happen to be able to answer that question. No, my pastor doesn't look like me. He's a man. He's a younger man. He's athletic. I'm kind of average build. You know, skin color is different. And I gave you my reasons and they were flawed in all honesty. And we have to look at each other as people Instead of as someone different, because I believe that we all are the same. You know, the Bible. Let, let me just stop right there. Let me and let me just say this. I am a layman. I am not a minister. I don't have a fancy degree in theology or Bible studies. You know, I do study the word. You know, but I am not the most qualified here. But this is what I feel God is sharing to me when I read the Bible. You know, the Bible tells me in Genesis one twenty seven that man and woman make up the image of God. Say God created man in his image. Together, he created them man and woman. And it also tells me in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, that we make up the body of Christ. And the last time I looked, the body cannot be separated from itself unless it is forced or made to. My hope is that we can come together and worship together 
you know, I would like to see, you know, different speakers who might look a little different like me every Sunday, taking the pulpit and sharing their different perspectives as given to them by God, because I don't want to hear some uh, some motivational speaker. I want to hear a man who is having God speak to him. You know, this even forces our shepherds to respect the nature of God as head because they're no longer in control of their own church. You know, I'm seeing that a lot now, too, you know, where churches are faltering because the head, the, the, the pastor has to leave because he did something and people are following pastors instead of following the word of God. You know, my vision for a church looks like that. You've got different pastors. Yes, with different responsibilities, but they can all speak and they all should speak. You've got different people coming up and giving their testimony. And then you've got fellowship afterwards. Oh, I long. Oh, my goodness. I missed that when I was a kid. The repast. Man, we used to eat some fried chicken and some greens and get together and get to go up. And, ooh, that food was good. But the adults were talking. They were laughing. They were sharing. They were spending time with each other. That was fellowship. And when I first came to God, you know, back in the early 2000s, that was something that drew me back to God because the people I was with, they were spending time together. They were sharing. They were loving each other. They taught me how to read the Bible, how to ask questions. And that was my vision. And I'm not saying it has to be that way. Look, this isn't me speaking again. This is God speaking through me. It is just an idea. But wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if instead of church every Sunday that we go in and come out an hour or six hours and we don't really get to know each other, that we just hung out? We had our own social media where we could just spend time with each other, talking to each other, posting our pictures, liking, calling each other, putting up events and hanging out with each other outside of just being on our phones, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be great? That's, you know, just something that came across my heart when I was thinking about or doing the study here. I'm going to be back in a moment.
Okay, so I'm just going to wrap up today's uh, podcast with with just a thought. Uh, You know, so cross discourse is not just me preaching or which whatever you want to call this, me talking to you guys, but it's more or less just about the culture. And yeah, I did say I was going to break it down into seven cultures, but I also want to share with you guys things that I think are really good reads, good watches, good music, uh, good things to listen to besides just my voice. Uh, and, and so one of my favorite books um, it, by one of my favorite authors of all time is Mere Christianity, written by C.S. Lewis. You may know him from the Chronicles of Narnia. Excellent, excellent series, excellent, by the way. It's just amazing. And I highly recommend that one as well. Uh, if you don't know who C.S. Lewis is, grab a lot of his books. Um, but Mere Christianity is my favorite book of all time. I have two copies in here in my house. I have one that I just constantly write notes on, constantly just go back to and read. And the other one is just in case anybody else wants to borrow it. Um, and I, when I recommend it, I just give them that copy. Uh, but uh, in Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote, uh, The moment you have a self at all, there is a possibility of putting yourself first, wanting to be the center wanting to be God, in fact. Now, what does that mean to you? Hmm? I can tell you what it means to me. It means that when we begin to have our own identity, and I mean, we we know our names, we, we know who we are, but when we start to think that we are somebody, something besides a child of God because I I get that I know people are gonna you know think that but when you start to think of yourselves as independent as a self as a being separate from God then a whole other host of thoughts come into play and I wanted to you know find biblical insight into that same concept and so I scoured the Bible and again, I'm a layman, so I'm not perfect at this, but I did come across this Bible verse in the New Testament. It comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'm just going to read the first five verses, and here it goes. Again, it's NIV, and I'm sorry, you know, maybe I'll start mixing up Bibles, just, you know, English Standard, New American, things like that, so people won't, you know get all picky but here it goes but mark this there will be terrible times in the last days people will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boastful proud abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy without love, unforgiven, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. That's a powerful verse. 
I mean, it could be talking about today. It could be talking about where we are now in life with one another, in our country, in the world even. And C.S. Lewis said this way back in, you know, World War II times. But just think about that. When you start thinking about yourself, independent of God, you're giving yourself a place in the hierarchy. You're giving yourself a level and you're saying somebody else is not on that level. And you're starting to be boastful. You're starting to be proud. And you're starting to give in to your own whims, your own thoughts. Have you ever had that thought? You know, um, well, you know, if it were me and what I want to do. And you start thinking less and less of God. Have you ever made decisions that way? Absent of God? Absent of bringing glory to his name? I have. And we're all sinners. You know? And so I just want you to think about that as we wrap up uh, today. I know I said I would get closer and closer to 30, and I think I'm getting there. This is only my second podcast, and I'm working on it. Uh, but I just want to give the ideas, and it's raw. It's uncut. Uh, believe me, I'm looking at other podcasts and other what other people are doing and trying to make this more complete, and I'll get there. But if you just follow with me and talk to me, again, you can email me. Uh, it is the, the email, again, is crossdiscourse at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys. And this is anonymous because I am not important. And I wish you guys a blessed day. Peace.